Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, number 256. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out April 15th, 2015. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's our monthly trading policy. This was a Paul pick, and we've got volume number one of Wonder Woman Blood, written by Brian Azzarello with art by Cliff Chang. Yep. But uh, we start off every week the same way, and that's drinking beer. Yeah, and we, uh, we meaning Paul and I, are drinking... Um, Red Bricks Breweries. Laughing Skull Amber Ale. Uh, we've had these for uh, probably a little too long. Yeah. Uh, still nice drinking amber ale. I enjoy yeah. it. It's got a nice malt to it. Nice and little malt. Uh, nothing really on the hop side, but you know, really drinking drinkable ale. Yeah, very drinkable. I don't with an amber. I don't expect mm-hmm. too much hops from it. No, but I still expect a little punch of something, and this is lacking any kind of punch. You know, it's got just a little. Tiny bit of malt on it, and yeah. just adds to that. I guess to make it that amber color, and yeah. give it that amber flavor. Amber flavor. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, from Outside Ales, I have their Wheater Melon, and this oh. is a watermelon wheat beer. Um, it's pretty good. It's a good porch beer. I would probably equate it to the Twenty First Amendment Heller High Watermelon. Uh, so it's it's good. It's something. You know, a hot summer day. Not something I would probably seek out. Mm-hmm. If I wanted a watermelon beer that I could keep going back to, I think so far the founders, uh, Pama Melon Water Granite or whatever they called it, uh, you can search for it on beggingboard.com site if you want to find out what I said. Uh, that would probably be my go-to if they would keep that as like a seasonal beer or something that mm-hmm. they head out every now and then. But it's it's not bad. It's drinkable. I think I gave it a three on untapped. Sounds good. It, it, it's good. It's not not anything to write the soldiers about. But Paul, is there anything in the news that is worth writing to the soldiers Oof. about? So little news, so little time. Uh, well, Kevin Feige, right? Or Feige came out and said, "Hey, Feige, Feige." Okay, you you said it, not I. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he came out and said that uh, the Marvel Universe Spider-Man, that uh, they're working with Sony to get into the Marvel Universe uh, movies, cinematic universe, is uh, going to be a young Peter Parker, a teenage Peter Parker, a uh, high school Peter Parker. Uh, there was some rumors maybe they would just go with M- Miles Morales, keep it all separate, uh, still have a cool Spider-Man. But uh, they, they want to go back to... It was kind of interesting in the interview, Kevin said uh, they had five Spider-Man movies so far, and uh, none of them have been his high school years. Like, the very first uh, Amazing Spider-Man was during high school, but he was, you know, Andrew Garfield at the time was a 29-year-old playing him. And then uh, the second movie, like, within the first couple, you know, first half of the movie, he graduates. And then even in the first Tobey Maguire movie, he was, Tobey Maguire was in his 30s. And uh, he graduates two-thirds of the way through. So, 
they're like, there's a lot of stories that we can tell, and we want a 15, 16-year-old kind of Spider-Man to kind of play off all the older heroes that they got going on right now. You know, I, th- I think that's a cool little way to look at it. They've all, he also said that it won't be an origin story either. Thank goodness. I'm, I'm and this glad. Something we were kind of talking about before with Miss Marvel. Like we need a team superhero in that Marvel universe because we don't really have anything like that yet. And I'm I'm also glad because we've always we've also talked about that we don't need to see Uncle Ben dying anymore. And I do enjoy that Marvel has been getting away from doing the origin story movies. Um, but like they said, Doctor Strange wasn't going to be really be an origin story. It was just going to be a kind of you're brought into this world pretty quickly and you're just either you choose to believe in it or you choose to be like Paul and Saga and say, nope, yep, not going to believe in it. I don't believe in these rules. There are no rules. Can't do it. Can't do it. So that's good. Any other news, boys? Well, also uh, from that press conference, we found out that we're going to be getting a new Ant-Man trailer uh, tomorrow, which is Monday. So by the time you hear this, the trailer will be out. So I'm going to talk about it like I already saw it. Um, I, you know, we got some of the same footage and voiceover that we had before. Uh, I like those new shots that they showed us. You know, the stuff with uh, Ant-Man. Yellow jacket. Yeah, we really got yeah. to see the yellow jacket costume. That was a thing, huh, guys? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a thing. Looks like he has more than two eyes. It looks like he's got four yellow eyes. And he's got, like, those tentacle thingies in his uh, back. Mm. Yeah. I'm still... Still really looking forward to this movie, just like I was for uh, the Daredevil show on Netflix that came out on Friday. Paul, what did you think of that? It came out on Friday, so I haven't seen it yet. But I've watched four and a half episodes, and I'm loving it at this moment. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's excellent. It's so well done. It's been it reminds me more of an HBO show than it does something like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Agent Carter. Like It's definitely ramped up a bit. Uh, definitely. And Paul, what was your question? Uh, if it's binge-worthy, because you said you watched four and a half, and it seems like if there wasn't anything else stopping you, would you have watched all, what, eight of them? Thirteen. 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 Okay. Um, Thirteen hour-long episodes. Oof. And they're real hour-long, so they're like yeah. 59 minutes, not just, so, yeah, HBO, right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would probably say I, th- there's only, yes, if it's binge-worthy? It but, is binge-worthy. Is but it? I, I have not been able to binge it. Uh, so I've only gotten through four and a half. Is it because it's so dark? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, I, I was, That's kind of where I was going to go. I don't know if I could binge-watch this because I've watched four episodes of it so far. I probably would have watched more if I had had the, uh, the chance. But I, I couldn't sit there and just watch like eight episodes in a night because not only would that take a long time, but... These episodes are dark. They get pretty heavy. After watching two of them the other night, I looked at Alexi and I was like, do you want to watch something else? Like 30 Rock? Just because you needed that palate cleanser after right. okay. yeah, after seeing some of the stuff there. Nothing against the show. I, I love it, and I can't wait to watch you know another one or two tonight uh, once we wrap up. But it's it's got some weight to it, and I'm glad that this is happening and it makes me look forward to what they can do with iron fist because the fight scenes in it are just excruciating uh the way they use the camera in the series i really enjoy i really like um and also casting perfect like really uh 
I think Foggy is great. Um, the guy playing Matt Murdock, Daredevil, does a great job. Yeah, Charlie Cox. Uh... And uh, even um, the Kingpin does a really, really good job of it. Yeah, I I know we talked about this before when they were releasing the casting news. Uh, I don't remember the last time I've seen Vincent D'Onofrio on something, but he definitely brings gravitas to the Kingpin. Uh, in an article that I saw, he said that he was modeling his kingpin after the, um, is it David Mackey Daredevil series that he did? Oh, the David art- Mack? Yeah. That the, um, the series that he did, he was modeling his, uh, Daredevil or his kingpin after him. So it's kind of like a little more raw, emotional kind of a guy who seems a little it's- bit more meek with these great calculated bits of rage that he uh, I is think if menacing. this was done a couple decades ago, we probably would have gotten Brando playing Wilson <laughs> Uh Yeah, I could kind of see that. <laughs> like, just the way he delivers some of those lines, I'm like, eh. like, yeah. You know, that's not actually a quote from the show, everybody. Oh. <laughs> that's the titular line. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paul, do you got anything about video games or computers? No, I got nothing. John, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I really didn't have anything this week. Okay, um, I just wanted to throw in one more thing. Uh, also happening on Friday, DC Comics closed its New York City offices after being there for 75 years. We talked about this a couple mm-hmm. months ago on the show, but they're packing everything up and heading out west, moving to Burbank, California to be closer to their television and movie production studios to keep everything a little bit more in sync. Not really going to affect too much of the day-to-day stuff, I think. Some people might not be able to be in the office to like, handle meetings, but hey, you know what? That's what Skype's for. Uh, I, don't, I don't see this affecting too much of it, but kind of sad to see it go. I mean, it's been there for so long. Yeah, definitely. You know, kind of uh, 75 years, you're kind of an institution to New York City, and um, you know, you hate to see him go, but it's Makes sense in the long run. In kind of retort to this, Marvel came out and said, you know, Marvel's always been a part of New York City. New York City's been a part of Marvel. We have no plans to move anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a ribbing on their side. With every uh, closing, something else opens up. And if you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you listen to uh, producer Scott's new podcast, WNY Brews. You can find it over on iTunes. He's got a Facebook page for it. Uh, really dig it. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to listen to episode number one yet, but he talks to the guys over at Resurgence Brewing, which, if you've listened to the Bag Boardcast for a while, you hear us talk about them often. Uh, but then he also has Adam Richmond on the phone from Man vs. Food, and uh, it, it's a good, fun listen. Uh, I look so, forward to listening to it, because I have a longer car ride now, and I enjoy listening to podcasts in the car. And who doesn't love producer Scott? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Where are we going next? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys are ready for another beer or anything yet. Um, no, let's go into, uh, why don't we go into the list? Uh, I'm looking forward to Convergence, like I think all of us are. Uh, Convergence, Justice League International number one. Uh, these are the heroes from Zero Hour, so last week we got the pre-Flashpoint 52. Now we're getting the pre-Zero Hour 52. Um, 
I really liked what they did pre-Flashpoint with uh, Brightest Day, Justice League International, um, that stuff. I've been a big fan of Ted Kord ever since they put a bullet in his head uh, in the original countdown yep. to Infinite Crisis. I would agree. <laughs> so uh, to see him back in a book... Uh, I'm excited, you know, it's, I hope, you know, it'll be, uh, 22 issues of, of fun for me. You know, I know the page count says 32, but I think they're all 20 pages, right? Long, right? You, you just, you expect that much fun from all of those pages. Mm-hmm. I expect. Um, much like you, I'm looking forward to a convergence book. And mine's actually going to be Green Arrow, number one. This is written by Christy Marks, who you may know from creating Gem and Holograms. She also handled the Amethyst, I'm sorry, Amethyst book that came out uh, in Swords and Sorcery. It's part of the New 52. Uh, with art by Rags Morales. So if you want to talk about oh. uh, Countdown and yeah. awesome, just heart-wrenching artwork, uh, he's going to be telling the story of the first meeting between Oliver Queen and Connor Hawk. Uh, Connor Hawk's one of those characters that was around when I was getting back into comics because I had been out of them for a couple years as a little kid. And then in my teenage, you know, formative years, that's what got me into DC. It was Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Flash, Wally West, Green Arrow, Connor Hawk. So it's going to be good to see this character coming back because he hasn't been around at all. I think the last thing I remember reading him in was like, there was actually a Connor Hawk, miniseries that was like six issues that came out i think like 2006 or 2007 so it'll be uh good to see what this character's been up to hmm. you know not existing <laughs> john yeah, no i you're looking I, forward to a convergence book right no i am not uh i am going with the six gun dust to dust number two this is the little spin-off miniseries focusing on bill john who is oh, cool. Um, trying to save his daughter. Uh, really interesting. I really like the first issue. It had um, some heart to it. It's a character that you already like, so you're already set to go with him on this journey. And the fact that he's trying to save his daughter um, makes it all the more compelling. Um, looking forward to it. And uh, I think I talk enough about the six guns. And that's the thing, like, every time we talk about Six Gun, I always want to read more of it. I want to check it out, especially these miniseries. Uh, they've been really good, and especially if you're reading the series, these miniseries tie into um, some of the characters that are pivotal right then in the story. Um, so I'm kind of interested that, you know, Bill John's being brought up. I doubt that he's going to have any big moments in this. Um, but he might have something t- towards the end because, like I said, I really feel like the series is wrapping up. And so, n- not to cut you off, but my question to you, as someone who's read it all, and as someone who will be, you know, jumping into the series to read stuff probably after everything's ended, do you need to read like up to a certain point in the book? Be like, okay, I need to read to issue forty-two, and then read this miniseries. And then, like, read issue number 46 through 50, and then read this miniseries? Or can I pretty much just read the series, and then read the miniseries afterwards, and have it all kind of flow and make sense? Yes. 
Okay. Um, I think if you read the the first volume, um, you can easily read the first miniseries that follows um, General Hume's disciples, because um, each issue is about them on their journey between General Hume being killed and his rise. Um, Bill John, I think, after reading the first volume, um, the other one I can't remember, I think it's called like Day of the Dead or something like that. That one, I don't read till issue like 40, because that's when things really would tie together for that one. And that came out right when it, like that miniseries came out right when you needed to be reading it <laughs> with the, with the series. Sounds good, and I, I look forward to reading those, so thank you for buying them. No, not a problem. I really like them. My girlfriend's all caught up on them. Well, speaking of catching up, I got to uh, finish my pint so I can catch up with you guys when you talk about your next beer. Oh, we have our next beer actually right here, right now, and this is Red Bricks, as we already talked about. Uh, Hoplanta. This is uh, Indian Pale Ale, and... They're they're from where? Are they from uh, Atlanta, uh, Georgia? Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, that makes sense with the Hoplanta. <laughs> Hoplanta. Uh, Pacifica. Uh, Atlanta was originally going to be called Pacifica Atlantica uh-huh. because that's where uh, the Pacifica Railroad and Atlantic Railroad Atlantica Railroad were meeting. Mm. So Ooh. it was a railroad town. There you go. A little trivia for you. A little trivia. And how about you shouldn't sit on IPAs? Because this IPA doesn't taste like anything. How long have you had it for? Uh, since the fall, and who knows how long it was on the shelf. Mm-hmm. It's not bad right now. It reminds me of a old, old, old Lake Erie monster. Like it has that kind of tang to it, that IPA tang on the back end. But you know, it had that nice hoppy, resiny piney kind of goodness right up front that now is just all withered away yeah it's a it's about a seven month i got the date here it's about seven months old and an ipa i mean depending especially smaller brewery like this they're meant to be yeah drunk right away not sit on them no i i would look for this as a fresh fresh. oh yeah i I, think it I, i think there's enough here left seven months out that I'm kind of like, oh, this would, I could see this being really good, fresh. And if I got it, you know, solid at, you know, Bargatory, I would uh, order it. And if it was depressing, I would probably be really <laughs> let down. It, if it tasted exactly like this fresh, then I'd be like, oh, never mind. It's definitely a ghost of mm-hmm. its former self. I'm hoping that it's a ghost of its former self. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. No, you can, I mean, we've had enough old, uh, IPAs that were like, <laughs> okay, we know what this tastes like fresh. I can see where it's gone. Yeah. Chris, did we vamp enough to... Uh... You you did. I was able okay. to pour my beer, take a couple sips of it, and I'm ready to go. Uh, this one is also from Outside Ales, and this is their Double Trouble. And this one I like a little bit more than the Wiedermelon. It's okay. definitely a double. You get those nice Belgian spices on it. Um, a little bit stronger of a farmhouse almost. I, I enjoy this one. Um, Lexi brought back like half growlers of both of these and this is probably the one that I will finish by myself and be like, hey, you can have the rest of the Wheater Melon. You're welcome. 
You're welcome. I did and it And by the way, you. thanks for the beer. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm really enjoying this. If this came out of a bottle that said Oma Gang on it, I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. Huh. I think that's the best praise you can give a Belgian beer. It's, it's nice. It's really light, really just crisp. I, I like it. It's also refrigerated, too, though, so that could be helping it out. I don't refrigerate my beer enough, I think. I keep all mine just in the basement, so I never refrigerate. Yeah, I, just, I always drink everything room temperature. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I forget how nice just a... A nice cold beer. cold beer is. Um, I have... Uh, I now have a, a cellar with my girlfriend, and it's in a fridge that we have the temperature pulled up, and it's somewhere between, like, 45 and 50 degrees. You'll pull out the beers, and sometimes it's like... It's, very cooler. It's cooler than we normally drink it at, and well, it was stored back. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it gets really good. Uh, and something else that's really good: dramatic readings. And now, a dramatic reading of She-Hulk number one, panel one. This is Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk, and that was a dramatic reading. Of She-Hulk, number one, page one, panel one. Chris was supposed wow. to read that, Paul. What was that? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't see. No, you never said who was supposed to read. <laughs> no, that. I, you no. pointed to me. It was, no, it was for Paul. It was okay. for Paul. I just <laughs> wanted to say that you, you were handing Not me your. Often we we do a full page yeah. for the dramatic reading. So number two fifty six must be a very special episode. <laughs> It is a very episode, uh, special episode because it we're. It is a very episode. It is a very episode. By the way, title right there. Mm-hmm. It is a very episode, uh, because we're reviewing Wonder Woman Volume One: Blood, and I'm hoping that it's a very special episode because it's finally a uh, a, a trading policy that I got to pick that you guys didn't end up just hating and wish I didn't pick such... Whoa, whoa, whoa. We haven't books. actually uh, I'm hoping. You're, you're really hoping. projecting there, I sir. am projecting, and I said I'm hopeful. I'm not allowed to be hopeful? That's no, a, you're Paul. Oh, okay. <laughs> All my hope is extinguished. <laughs> All right, Paul, see. Much like the flames upon uh, Hell's head. Hades head. All right, Paul, you explain this book, and then we'll jump in okay. like lions to tear out your throat about how much we hated the book. Okay. Yep. I'm ready. All right, so in Wonder Just Woman... Leave, leave a long enough pause at some point for us to be like, oh, God. <laughs> okay, so in Wonder God. Woman, volume one... On that, so. oh, oh, God, you nice. Missed, you missed the joke. Uh, there was a whole pantheon waiting for that joke. Oh. Um, so in... <laughs> So we're introduced out of the New 52 with uh, Wonder Woman uh, kind of like living out on her own, just kind of doing her own thing out in London. And suddenly she is faced with the obstacle of uh, protecting Zola, who happens to be carrying Zeus's child. We learned this like four pages into the very first issue. And uh, she is now thrown. Zola is thrown into this huge world that Wonder Woman has kind of escaped from. A little bit of the pantheon of the Greek gods, Greek and Roman gods. Uh, you start off right away with um, the messenger god Hermes. You're given a minor demigod Strife, who's the like stepsister of little sister of War, aka um, 
Oh my goodness, why can't I think of any of the gods' names right now? Mars, aka, uh, Aries. Aries, thank you. And, uh, you're left with a very vengeful, uh, queen of, the queen of all gods, the mother of all gods, uh, uh, see, I'm blanking on her name too. Hera. Hera, thank you. And we also get some Apollo in there too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right off the beginning with him trying to figure out, uh, how to fill this power vacuum because why this is all happening, it's centered around Zeus just disappearing. He just no longer exists. He's just not of this world anymore. Uh, so there's this power struggle and there's this basically prophecy that Apollo learns that maybe this child that Zola's carrying will be the end of all their the uh gods. So there we are. There we so are. So it's uh it's basically the band on the run and it's them picking up members of the band in this first issue. Uh as Wonder Woman finds out who her family really is and uh there might be some blood blood between this family. And and there you go. There's your title of the volume, Blood. Blood. It's it's crazy because I remember reading this book when it came out because we did our uh, new fifty two bag and board bites and you can still see those over at the bag and board mm-hmm. Facebook um, or you can just go over to the bag and board YouTube or the bag and board dot com and you can find the uh, bag and board bites over on the side there. But after that first issue, I never read anymore. Like if Paul would like pass something off to be like, oh, like. You know, this issue was really good. Like, I would flip mm-hmm. through it, but I never actually read any of it. So it was kind of bizarre going back and rereading that first issue because I was like, oh, th- this isn't what I remember. Because that whole first part with Hermes fighting the centaurs, I I don't remember that. I vaguely remembered it. I remembered him being like a bug-eyed bird-man creature. I remember like, that. My memory of this book begins with Zola appearing in Wonder Woman's apartment. Mm-hmm. And like that's beginning stuff, I was like, was this like a zero issue? Did I not see this one? And then I was like, oh, okay, here we go. No, the zero uh, issue was actually really fun. It was uh, her as a kid. It was Wonder mm-hmm. Woman as a kid. It was like Wonder Girl. Interesting. Yeah, it was fun. That was the month that they did all the zero issues? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Probably in trade number three or four. I don't remember. It's okay, Paul. We forgive you. But, uh, yeah, uh, you, you talking about the crazy bird creature, Hermes, you know, you got Cliff Chang's art, which I think is one of the major appeals to it. Unfortunately, you only get four issues of just Cliff Chang on art on this, and then the last two are a fill-in artist. Yeah. Who still does a good job. Does a okay, good job, yeah, just more yeah, comic keeps with the tone of the book, at least. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it's the the introduction of these Cliff Chang, definitely Cliff Chang uh, design characters of Hades and uh, Poseidon, and they're kind of more cartoony, less sketchy. I really like how, even though Cliff Chang is doing it all digitally, has that really sketchy, fine, you know, like uh, harsh lines on all his art, which I really enjoy, and I really do enjoy all the otherworldly character designs that he does for most of the gods. You can make an argument that Hera just looks like, you know, any girl except she's wearing this weird... She's naked, wearing, like, peacock feathers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is Tony Atkins. Well, it... Oh. 
for the five and six. Like, when you do see <laughs> Zeus, he is also nude. Like, they just let it all hang out. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's great gods. If you're gonna, if you're gonna wrestle, you do it in the nude. You're gonna wrestle. You're gonna do it in the nude. You can ask any girlfriend of mine. I won't. <laughs> All right. But I, his character design is amazing. I love every little bit of it. Um, and then even when you first see Apollo, you don't know who he is. Like, going back in, mm-hmm. knowing what this book's about, like, you can put together, like, oh, like, by the time you reach the end, you know who he is. He's making those allusions to being the son, S-U-N, of the king. Mm-hmm. I get it. But what really sold me on that character design is because he's just a character that's just surrounded in shadow, except his eyes are glowing that bright yellow. And then as he's standing on that rooftop with his oracles, or whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. and the sun starts coming up, he's just getting brighter and brighter and brighter until everything around him is just like bursting into flames. And it's those little moments that sell that character. Yeah, I'm definitely looking to see where everything's going to go with these characters. Mm-hmm. And this is a series, you passed me off all of your physical copies, and I've had them, but I haven't had that moment to go, Yeah, and read them. I need to keep reading them. And that's, like, this book ends, it doesn't end like a, a normal trade does where it wraps up. This book ends saying, come on, dum-dum, you need to read the next issue. Like, don't worry mm-hmm. about the trade, get the next issue. Yeah. And that's kind of, I could tell while reading it that this isn't wrapping up. This is 30, what, four issues that... that, 50-some-odd issues, right? No, I think it ended in the 30s. 36 or something was the, the, I think, 35. But this is one giant story arc. This is something that feels like it's just going to keep going. And you're along with the with this roller coaster ride that's going to be going up and down. Who knows what's going to happen next? And speaking of the character designs, um, Poseidon just being a giant, weird, crazy fish creature mm-hmm. who like just laughs at everything, and who still is has a like weird giant seahorses that are actually like they like horse. They carry him to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is <laughs> it's really interesting, and Hades is so creepy because it's a little kid mm-hmm. wearing like a black suit of armor outlined in red, and then half of his face you see like from like his you see his mouth, and where about his nose would be is just a crown of lit candles just melting, and it's 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 such a cool creepy mm-hmm. look. Um, definitely an interesting book. Get ready to sit down for the long haul because if you're just reading the trade, the first mm-hmm. trade, and you're like, "Oh, I can just read it. I don't need to read anything else," you're wrong. Yeah, it's it yeah. feels like an ensemble book. You know, we're talking about all of the character designs, and I'm sorry, Chris, where, where were you going? No, I I was gonna say I agree. Like this, after reading this trade, like all those issues, uh, was it six issues? Yeah. Yeah, all just in succession. It made me be like, okay, well, now I need to read number seven. Like, it wasn't that like, okay, I, I hit the end. Like it, it dragged me in, and I, mm-hmm. 
I want to see where it goes. Uh, I see what you did there at the end. The last panel dragged you in. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Dragged you in. Like, you know, because how it ends. Yes. Yeah. Very Persephone, very, uh, what, uh, Orpheus? Yeah, Orpheus. Or- Orpheus or Persephone, you know. Yeah, Orpheus and Persephone with Hades. Yeah. You don't look back. Don't look back. You never look back. Mm-hmm. Don't look back in anger, I heard her say. <laughs> but no, we get a really cool ensemble with, you know, Hermes, and then uh, in the third issue, you're finally introduced to one of my favorite characters of the series, uh, Lennox, who just is this working stiff that somehow has some kind of affiliation with the Greek pantheon, and it's kind of a cool thing that he's like, I don't need to tell you I don't need that right now because uh, you need me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely a fun character. And I I would like to see a spinoff series about him because, like, they show him, like, World War Two, like, mm-hmm. running through, a, like, just bullets. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely an interesting character. I want to see where it goes with him. And he does. He's that kind of jerk, like, that you want to hate, but there's something compelling about him that you kind of trust him but mm-hmm. at the same time you don't but right now he's on your side and that's a good thing because he's definitely has some type of plan and i'm really interested to see where that guy goes and who he really is yeah i want i want to see who he actually is and paul's got this smirk like i don't know i'm, I'm not, not going to tell i'm, I'm not, not going to spoil it for no. you guys well, I, you know I, I don't want you to no not well, at all i wasn't going to now, Paul, do you like the twists and turns that Wonder Woman takes? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Much like, you know, it's a nice little microcosm we got there of uh, you get a cool introduction, I think, to all the characters. And, you know, they grow. But uh, you have Wonder Woman that's the titular character. But you hardly hear her talking. But that's how Wonder Woman, I think, kind of should, should be. be. Like, she's the person with, the you know, that's going out there to fight. She does have those one-liners and quips, and is you know got a little sass to her, which I think is great. She seems really strong and confident in what she's doing, and you see the cool twist where you think she's brokering a deal with Poseidon and you know Hades at the same time, and then all of a sudden, nope, just uh, stole your candle, bitch. Just needed this to happen so that way we could do this. <laughs> now, this is probably one of your favorite comic books. Of all time, Paul. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is uh, I hear you constantly like talking about praising and mm-hmm. like circling back to. I mean, that's why we're doing it for the trading policy. Yeah, because there's and, twists and and it comes, you know, everything kind of comes back full circle, and characters that you think are going to be the main villains end up being, you know, there's growth and twists and turns, and uh, I think that little sleight of hand stuff that happens in that last issue is a great pre- uh, primer primer premier primer 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 uh to to how the series is going to play out like for now three does years you want to check out or revisit any of his other work uh talk about Brian azarello like hundred bullets or hellblazer and he was more like crime stuff uh maybe everything you literally just said about what you like about wonder woman is in 100 Bullets. You know why? I, I I still have that, you know, I took Latin in high school, so I still have that affinity for the Greek pantheon and Roman pantheon of gods, and I think that veneer really helps me with it. it. And, you're, and Unless it's, it's also a, a DC crime. book. 
Unless it's a crime where they're laying out the plan. Yeah. Like they do in those heist movies. Mm-hmm. Paul's not interested in a crime book. But no. you, well, you, because it's also a DC book, so it's not it's it's harder edge. It's it's DC maybe a shade of vertigo as we, as close as DC can get to vertigo, vertigo without needing to go full vertigo where I'm like get really uncomfortable with some of the subject matter which I know happens in Brian Azzarello's runs quite a bit yeah. with Hunter Bullets and uh, his Hellblazer runs. It, now, he just goes too dark, and this but, is fun. Um, you enjoyed his New Wave, right? You read some of that. Next, that wave. Was Next, Next wave, wave, and that was Chris. You didn't read any of that? I thought you... Because I thought that would be something you would enjoy. No, that, Paul, you read that, because that was I read, one that had I read, like, mm-hmm. the Shadow, Batman... Um, Doc Savage. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of uh, next. Okay, you're okay. Was yeah. that New Wave? That was. Uh, I was thinking Next Wave from Marvel. Who wrote that? That was kind of the jokey book that was kind of over the top and no, just crazy that Chris liked. Yeah, that was that was the pulpy. Um, okay, well he can also go weird and dark too, Warren Ellis. So yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, he did that, but honestly, it didn't get that far. <laughs> that that stuff kind of it, it was Doc Sa- yeah it was Doc Savage it was uh, a pulp more pulpy Batman and the Spirit yeah um no I read some of those and they were okay except they weren't allowed to go anywhere with it because I think the line was kind of canceled real quick it got I think they actually they may up. have lost the rights to Doc Savage because mm-hmm. I happened. saw him he's over at um, Dynamite or something now. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I just I remember that was an Ezreal book that you liked. Mm-hmm. But, well, because it was again, it, w- it it was allowed to be in that DC line, but it was allowed to have that little bit of harder edge, that PG thirteen rating, right. not that full rated R rating. Um, have you thought about That's checking out? Have you thought about checking out Ezreal's Hulk run that he did? Maybe, maybe I'll check that out. I didn't know he did a Hulk run. Yeah, it'd be he, good. I picked up. I think Ezrello did uh, this western that I picked up the first trade of that I didn't really like called Loveless. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't get into that either. It was like a Civil War mm-hmm. like era western. Yeah, and so I've tried Ezrello stuff. You know, I think he's a great comic book creator. You know, writer. It's just you know he gets it's, it's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I'm, we what we found with maybe Red Brick, hit or miss when you age him, but. How about Brother Leo, the Belgian-style Indian Pale Ale, Paul? Mm. I'm glad you bring this up. I think I heard Chris opening up his beer. Um, I did. So this is a perfect time to take a little sip. This is a good Belgian, and I guess it has an IPA to it. But again, it, I think the IPA, maybe we aged out of it a little bit. But uh, I, I still feel it's there. This is an 8% beer. I think it held on to some of its mm-hmm. flavor qualities. Um but even with some time on it, it's a nice, yeah, Belgian-y, little bit of hop to it. But it's got a nice flavor to it. It's, it's really mm-hmm. well. It's got that Belgian yeast feel. It yeah. doesn't have, you know, it's not an Oma Gang overly spiced Belgian. It just has that Belgian yeast quality to it. No tight bubbles. Nope. But also well, aged. aged. Um, but it has that mouthfeel, that kind of yeah. creaminess that uh, something you would get sometimes from a Belgian. And I think that comes from the yeast. I don't know. I'm not a brewer. You know where you would go to learn about that kind of stuff. WNY Brews. There you go. With producer Scott. Who would be Coast Scott at that point? 
I don't know. Listen to he's the episode. He still produces. He's always going to be producer Scott. Ah. But at that point, he's host Scott. He's host Scott, but producer Scott in our hearts. Chris, what are you drinking? Um, what I have is the new seasonal beer from Magic Hat Brewing Company, and this is their single chair. It is a golden ale. I'm uh, sorry, single chair or silver chair? I'm sorry. Single chair. Okay. The picture on the label is that of a ski lift. Hmm. That's just hanging out. Uh, <laughs> no, good, it's good description. Uh, when you okay, when I put up the show notes tomorrow, look at the label for this and be like, yeah, it's just a uh, ski lift chair hanging out, hanging out. In there, and that's kind of just what this beer is. Um, I bought this because I wanted something different. Mm-hmm. I wanted something drinkable, and I haven't had anything from Magic Hat in a long time. So I was kind of like, hey, you know what? They're not from Buffalo, but this is one of those beers that I equate to just, you know, being in the Northeast. I want that little taste of home almost. Yeah. So I picked this up, and it's there's nothing really about this. Oh. It, you can drink it. It's not bad. Um, I'm glad you can drink it. It's, it's drinkable, but if this was in Bargatory, I'd still probably pass it up. Hmm. So it's like that Yakko or Wacko from them that with a beet. Yeah, the beet sugar, sugar one. one. Yeah, like, this isn't one yeah, of their. It's like, oh, they tried something. I, I was gonna say, like, I can't say it's even one of their standout beers because everything from Magic Hat's kind of just, yeah, it's good or, yeah, it's a beer. Yeah, Nothing it's either really stand out. Yeah. This is one of those like, eh, it's a beer. Mm. It's 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 either it's a good it's a solid beer. That's okay, or it's just not worth it. Like there's really yeah, no. I, I would say this one's probably not worth it. Mm-hmm. This is one of those seasonal beers that they do that it's not worth buying the six pack of. It's not worth buying the sampler pack that has it in it to try it. Mm. Especially uh, when that's going to come with Magic Hat number nine. Not that nine's bad, yeah. but you're going to get a variety yeah. pack. Get something else. Well, yeah. the, in their variety pack, they have Blind Faith back out again. Their Blind Faith IPA, which I remember all three of us really liking. Blind Faith was really good. I enjoyed most of their mm-hmm. IPAs on tour. And also in that uh, spring or summer pack, or is it the spring pack that's just coming out? I think it must be summer, right? <laughs> because it's spring it's, now, it's spring so therefore now. Yeah, the variety, it's a summer variety pack. There's a ginger beer in there also. So. Okay. Blind Faith in it, plus a ginger beer, might might be worth a check yeah. out, especially, you know, at Magic Hat prices. I just had yeah. good juju from um, oh, Left yeah. Hand. It's so good. So good. The good juju is good. I like that one a lot. Uh, I still remember sitting on my, uh, the porch at the Martin Road Studios drinking that reading comic books. It was actually um, the Green Arrow Longbow Hunters huh. for one of our previous Paul Lookbacks <laughs> or trade policies. Which I remember Chris being like, it's two of its time. I don't like it. It's it was so drowned in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw like I've seen a couple beers from Great Lakes that aren't in six pack, so they must have had a variety pack out, like a summer variety mm-hmm. pack. Um, but I haven't been able to find it. I've just saw like the loose bottles where you can build your own six pack. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find that because some of them sounded pretty good. But See, I don't... after you guys went to. Great Lakes, and I'm sad that I couldn't go. Anytime I see Great Lakes in a store, I'm like, what do they have? What do they have? And it's like, 
Oh, the Edmund Fitzgerald, which yeah. isn't bad. Still one of my favorite parts. I want, so, I want something different, and they haven't put anything out that makes me be like, oh, I need to get this, because it's all stuff that I've had. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say beer that they put out on the shelves that I was like, oh, I, I need to try this. It was Rye of the Tiger. That was like two years ago now. Chill Wave is still something mm-hmm. to buy and drink. Oh, it, it's still something to buy and drink, but I haven't seen a new beer from them that I'm like, yeah, buying this. I, no I, I don't think I've seen a new... Yeah, I don't think I've seen a new beer. This variety pack, though, had new beer. It had... Hmm. Um, I saw, like, three of them. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to pick them up. Um, but I'd, I saw three of them, and I was like, those, those are three new beers from um, Great Lakes that I have not had. Like, And then trying to find it, and i got to see if like I'm going to check consumers or even um, Premier hmm. for that 12-pack. Uh, so hopefully maybe next week. Yeah. I, I find that Premier is really hit and miss with bringing in those, like, you know, variety packs for seasonal just because they don't you know have the shelf space for it yeah because they care so much just standard yeah standard beer. stuff mm-hmm. those 12 packs i think they have a hard time with but uh let's wrap up what's your final thoughts on wonder woman volume well, one paul before you wrap up oh. i kind of want to segue off of our topic okay because i have another beer to drink now oh, okay um because you were talking about you like how uh, this almost delves into the vertigo-ness, but it's still like a DC Universe book. Mm-hmm. Or however, however you worded it before. Um, he I kind of want to head to Vertigo, but then dwell in the uh, Greek pantheon of gods and stuff. Have you read Mike Carey's... Greek Street? Greek Street. No. Because, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a book that would fit alongside the Brian Azzarello stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more accessible because it's hard edge, but it's not like overbearing, I guess. Yeah. Have you yeah. checked that out? No, not yet. Uh, it was one of those things when I first heard it coming out. What was it? Six years ago now? More than that. <laughs> it was a while ago. It, you know, it was probably ten. In fact, when I was download all the DC universe podcasts that they would put out like right yeah. after the conventions like from new york city and they would have all the uh panels like they would put out as podcasts and i was listening to one of those and i was like oh that sounds pretty interesting but the thing that got me was the description is it's a murder mystery and it's like oh okay vertigo that's they encase everything into a murder mystery <laughs> like something you know and then but it's with this twist so i'm like okay but that's not enough to get me to read it and i tried to read you know my carries lucifer and it's just you know so bogged in its vertigo-ness that i was like you know what i don't know if i and you didn't like unwritten either no so yeah you probably un- unwritten's really good right like unwritten is one of those books that uh, so the other things that, to, that I, we mentioned with Mike Carey wrote, but they're yeah, just not they're for good, Paul. and they're and that's the thing. I, I understand they're good. I see the quality there. It's just stuff that didn't grab me. So I'm like, okay, that's Greek Street that has that veneer that I probably would enjoy. But the other stuff he wrote, sound you know the premise. I'm like, okay, I probably will enjoy this. And then for whatever reason, like no. it doesn't move along quick enough. It just, you know, I think his I just. For whatever reason, maybe the pacing's just not quick enough for me. 
unlike this Wonder Woman trade, getting it back, it is boom, boom, boom. Like it, I, I was like, okay, maybe this is a little hard to follow because I just paged through it again, like uh, last night, just when I was trying to fall asleep, just to you know give myself a refresher, and I'm like. Oh man, they they pack a lot of story in here in these first six issues. A lot of characters getting introduced real quick. A lot of her background, changing her background right after introducing. Yeah, we who she we is. really didn't talk about that because <laughs> uh, Princess Diana has always been well, not always been, but it goes she back was and forth. Created from clay because Queen Hippolyta wanted a daughter, mm-hmm. and now they threw it out there. It's like, no, that's not what happened. Uh, She's actually the daughter of Zeus, so she's a demigod herself. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's gone back and forth before, but uh, with you know pre-crisis, she was made from clay, and then I think during the was it Perez's run that she became a demigod, uh, and then I, you know I honestly don't know, and I feel bad. It's you know, she's one of those institution characters, but I've never been a Wonder Woman fan. Mm-hmm. This is the only I think this is the most Wonder Woman issues I've probably ever read. What I read the Alan Heinberg, and you know what? Uh, who is Wonder Woman run? And then I read the Gail Simone stuff after that, and then mm-hmm. it was at that point I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not a Wonder Woman fan, so I jumped off of it again. And then after that, I bought like two trays of the Greg Rucka Wonder Woman because I heard they were really good, mm-hmm. and I read them. And I was like. Yeah, it's okay. And then I didn't buy anything else Wonder Woman until like they came out with that Wonder Woman number six hundred, like special, like eighty page issue. Mm-hmm. The the way that he captures Wonder Woman is almost that blue collar worker. This is my task that I'm set on. This mm-hmm. is my duty that I have to do. No one else is going to do it. This is for me. This is what I have to do. And I think that fits. With Wonder Woman, especially mm-hmm. if you've got a big plan on it, and you can capture her voice right. And not that there's, I wouldn't say much of a voice for her, but even that moments with her mother when she leaves, mm-hmm. when she comes back, like all of that fits with that character. And that issue 36 that was the, t- <laughs> the people taking over after Ezreal's run, mm-hmm. the voice... The As, book did Azzarello. not. Ezreal's the uh, Batman. Oh. <laughs> You're talking about um, the artist, um, Fitch. Fitch. Fitch, yeah, the Fitches. The Fitches. Yeah, David and Meredith Finch. Mm-hmm. Finch, yeah. Um, but that book didn't feel like it captured her voice or fit the character. Where this book fits no. what you, what like what I have in my mind of what Wonder Woman is. This book fits it perfectly and that's why i want to keep reading it mm-hmm. and it's also well written it's well drawn yeah. uh everyone does a great job bringing this book to life and it is sad that it ended yeah. at 35 but you still got 35 issues of you a got great run three right? years of a wonder uh, the pinnacle wonder woman story and the thing i was going to do to uh, contrast it with the alan heinberg story is uh Alan Heinberg was asking, who is Wonder Woman? And here, you never need to ask that question. Like, her actions are just speaking for themselves. Like, you don't need a narrator. You don't You don't have those narrator boxes explaining, like, what everything in it is, is and what's going on. You don't need... And Brian Azzarello does a really good job getting the reader through everything without needing to have over 
explanations with those narrator box explaining, oh, Wonder Woman was this, and Wonder Woman is this. No editor notes. No editor notes. No need to explain why Wonder Woman is culturally relevant. No, she's Wonder Woman. Everybody comes in with a little bit of that knowledge, and he trusts that. And even with the Greek pantheon, I think Brian Azzarello trusts his readers to either know who he's, what what who these people are, or are able to use Google and Wikipedia. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah. Yep. And I I really respect that out of this book. Where and I, I kind of I feel respected. To what, uh, John, okay. you were talking about where I don't know. Maybe it was Paul. It was one of you two guys. Mm. Uh, just talking about what this book did and how different it was from what else we were getting with the New 52, especially with now that we have the David Finch stuff. Which one of you is that? Uh, it was uh, John talking about okay. the, the voice from Finch. Yes. Yes. You, you guys are one and the same to me now at this point. Sorry. <laughs> um, not true. I, I think we wouldn't have what we're getting with Batgirl now if Wonder Woman hasn't worked because it was a completely different take on the character and the title from everything else that was happening in the new 52 and this proved that you can stand out and be something not of the norm and still deliver and tell a great story and we're now getting the Batgirling of the DC Universe I mean look at stuff like uh, Black Canary coming out. Mm-hmm. Black Canary getting her own title, but it's a spinoff of Batgirl, and they're kind of spreading that across the line because people respond to it because it's not your typical cookie cutter superhero book, and not that Wonder Woman's ever been that. But I think this Azarello Chang run proved that you can do something completely out there and different, and every other Wonder Woman arc has always kind of touted itself as that. But when you read it, you're like, yeah, it's it's a Wonder Woman. But this was something else. It was. It was. And it was. It was. I just want to correct ourselves. It was first wave. First wave. Oh. Okay. But I think this is probably the best Paul pick ever. Um, It's a book that I loved that I knew I would, but it took you actually saying like, hey, no. You have to read it. For (laughs) me to act actually sit down and finally read it so thank you paul hey yeah, thank you hey and you guys have been doing the same thing with batman eternal so you know <laughs> and as soon as that wraps up i'll probably jump on it and read is that. it's <laughs> like been wrapped up for like two, two weeks, weeks yeah eventually i'll get to it <laughs> wonder uh, wonder woman's been wrapped up for three months <laughs> when are you, you gonna read that day tripper uh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's i forgot about that day tripper's heavy <laughs> i'll i'll just buy it <laughs> Day Tripper's heavy. I don't. I, I didn't want to. After all the other stuff that I brought, I'm like, no, I can't bring this. <laughs> you can't bring this. I can't bring it. They hated. They hate everything. They. It's no. They. They're not going to like it. Every issue, the guy dies. That sounds interesting. I bet we'll. I, we'll love it. <laughs> you can probably. This, I read yeah. the first three issues and I'm like, no, we can't get through any more of these. Uh, I'm these buying is, it. I'm going to yeah, buy it and read it. I take them home. Really good. Just take them home. That's the one by uh, Fabio Moon gave you about. Yep. So, but if you want to read this, hey, make sure you follow the Bagging Board link to Amazon because you can buy this because you can order this trade right now for nine dollars and fifty cents. Whose pick is it for the next trading policy? 
And I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because I've wanted to do it for a while. I'm gonna do uh, the Woods by James Tinian. Oh, the guy that brought us uh, the Court of the Owl, Owl, right? Yeah, Talon. Yeah. Talon. Talon. And it's gonna it's an it's gonna be an easy trade, guys, because I think Volume One is only like four issues. Nice. All right. I'll be reading it while we're doing Weekend Geek then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just finishing it up. Finish it up. So make sure you check out uh, Wonder Woman Volume Number One Blood because we all enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what should they be doing right now, though? Well, they should be rating and reviewing us, Paul. Of course. But also, it's getting warmer out. It was like 60 degrees outside today. It was really nice. <laughs> Same here. And, uh, you know, the summer variety packs are coming out from the breweries. And you know what that means. Summer movie blockbusters are about to be upon us. Oh, if only we had a bracket. And we do have a bracket, Chris, and you can find it over on our Facebook page right now. And uh, get ready, because next week we'll be going over our picks of the top 16 movies coming out, starting May 2nd with Avengers number uh, 2, Age of Ultron. Uh, uh, if only we had a, a special guest for that episode, too. Uh, we we might bring in last, week, uh, last year's winner, uh, Texas Wingnut. Hey, and if you want to be this year's winner, fill out your bracket, send it to us, and if you are the winning bracket, you can have the option to be on the show with us the following year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you don't want to be on the show, that's cool too. You can just you know send us your bracket, and we'll just read your picks live, yeah, recorded super, on the show. We're super easygoing and <laughs> accessible, so make sure you check us out. And we appreciate our fans and everything you guys do by listening to us and commenting and liking and doing all of that. We appreciate it all. And hopefully rating and reviewing. And pay attention to bangboard.com because there's some articles coming soon. And there's also the caption, the photo. Capture, yeah, the capture contest. The community capture contest. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't know if you guys can hear the cat. Yeah, yeah, we can. I'm sorry. It's okay. That's Minerva McPonagall, and she doesn't know how to just meow. She just whines. Oh, what a great cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You can find that that picture that uh, we're looking for our community to give us captions for over at our website, bagdenboard.com. Yeah, and by the time you hear this episode, it'll have its own post, too, so you can just comment on that picture or you can look at the show notes for episode number 254 comment on it there oh it's a uh, race now chris what oh it's a race now it's a i'm off tomorrow i'm good uh it's a wonderful picture of your hosts john and paul doing what they do best riding in barrels and drinking beers <laughs> yeah 